Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do. Welcome to this podcast. I'm joined again by Isabel, and we're going to be talking about what's it been like since the, uh, since our last podcast. Um, how's the training program gone in education psychology? I'm also talking about there's this training program that people have been applying for the, and the results are going to come out soon. Um, and also what we're going to cover finally is life after if you don't get into a placement this year. What do you do? So welcome, Isabel. How are you doing? Hi, thank you for having me back. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm excellent. I, I, I just uh, we're just having a chat just a few minutes ago before we hit the record button. Um people used to be saying that people were um have been listened to the previous podcast and they found that really helpful and they've been reaching out and they've got more interesting questions what kind of questions have been coming up so yeah, interest definitely i think um obviously kind of more specific questions about applications and kind of assistant jobs and i think obviously that will that will come out today and be covered um and other things that they can do how can they broaden the knowledge and educational psychology and just really positive feedback about how helpful they find they found kind of like the first two podcasts as well um so i think it's amazing really that obviously people have been finding it and then from that also finding my instagram account um which has loads of details on there as well so um yeah just thank you for having me on and thank you for people for watching and for reaching out as well um because it's always really positive to hear feedback and and kind of other areas to develop and what you'd like to see more of i think um it's been really beneficial no, I mean, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing your experience and your insights. I think, you know, lots of people have also, I should say, that messaged me, uh, a few people to say they really enjoyed uh, this podcast, um, you know, the person's details, as all the details are on YouTube, you can find it, um, how to connect, um, and just realised that actually there's a, it's a lot of, there's a lot of um, people who want to do educational psychology, Um but uh, before we come on to that, then, how has it been like for you then in the first, this is like your first, almost like first year done, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've got one more, one more term, one more term to go. Um, obviously, it's been very, been very different doing things online and kind of to what we initially thought we'd be going in to do. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been really good. Obviously, the teaching has been online. So Zoom fatigue does hit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the teaching's been amazing. And um, in terms of placement, we've actually been going into kind of clinics and into schools now, um, kind of more in the, so in the second term. Um, so it's been a nice change, really, change of scene and getting to actually kind of meet children and young people um, and their families as well and kind of move forward in supporting them and making sure that they're kind of engaging in learning and, and making sure that kind of the best outcomes are reached for them as well. Did you think what it was going to be like? Like, did you, think, you know, the way it's turned out, do you thought it's going to be like this? Like, uh, apart from the, the you know, the, uh, the online, no one knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one knew that. Yeah, um, yeah I think, yeah. I think it is, it is what I expected, but I think it is very true when people say that it is a massive jump in terms of workload, in terms of kind of time management. Um, I'm quite an organised person. Like, if you ask people, I think they would describe me as organised. Um, but... I think even with all the organizational skills in the world, 
you just have to be flexible and adaptable to things that will be will come your way will be thrown your way and um also something that I am learning to do is to say no <laughs> which is really hard to do um but just kind of knowing knowing your limits in terms of you know I can't be involved in everything because as a trainee I think obviously you want to use this time to to kind of one you don't want to say no to anything because you want the best experience possible mm. um and two you want to learn you want to learn everything and you're interested in everything and I think um whilst that is amazing and and now is the opportunity to kind of be involved in all of these things it's also learning to say no like we are on placement in our educational psychology service and cams one day a week that's it so it's not as if you can do absolutely everything um but it is about getting that kind of breadth of experience so and being really forthcoming and asking people you know can I be involved in that can I do this um like I'm really interested in youth offending so I've shadowed a few youth offending team meetings as well um and looking at how the educational psychologist role is within those meetings um but yeah it's kind of narrowing down pinpointing kind of gaps within your practice that you wish to fill as opposed to kind of saying yes to everything is kind of a key bit of advice I would say and there's something that I'm still learning to do to like the best of my ability it sounds amazing and especially in, in a very short space of time it's a lot um of variety there and you know richness I mean I think yeah just thinking about like how education psychology can be used in um very um uh, select places but very powerful like in meetings yeah what is the role of the, the this type of uh, person um in this setting isn't it in the meeting yeah. setting so it's like how to how yeah and, and that's one way because people think that when you're a psychologist right you're going to go in 100 miles an hour bulldoze everyone and all that stuff but you have to know you have to basically put it into the right places um and look at the it's like the whole game isn't it it's looking at the yeah. whole game system yeah definitely and I think obviously kind of going in and not not being an expert and kind of going in a lot of people think that you're gonna you're gonna fix something or you're gonna yeah, give yeah. an answer um and you know and someone said something actually I saw it um on my friend's Instagram actually and it was about um like a like a plant and if you want the plant to grow and blossom do you change <laughs> the plant or do you change the environment and I think people forget that, especially when you're working with children with special educational needs, people are just just kind of say, oh, that that's how they are. And actually, it's not about that. It's about kind of enhancing the environment to help them. Um, and I think that that's really powerful. And that's something that's kind of stuck with me recently um, and kind of we're in the best position to help change the environment to suit that child, to help that child. Um, so, yeah. I think that's a great analogy. I, I never heard that one before, if I'm honest, like about the, yeah, that's a great point, yeah, because I'm I'm all for analogies. People know I, I use analogies all the time. So I never heard of this yeah. one. That's quite cool. So you're saying the environment, does the environment need to change? Yeah, the plant doesn't change. You never change a plant, do you? You change where the plant is. Yeah. You'd move it into the sunshine. You'd give it some water um, about in order to kind of help it grow and blossom. And I think that that's what obviously kind of, in an educational setting working with children and young people that's kind of what we need to what we need to look at and what we need to do as opposed to kind of seeing the problem as very kind of within child and it's you know they own the problem and it's theirs how can we help and and that is that is how we can help and and help them to grow and learn so yeah yeah it's um i'm just i just trying to relate to you know in terms of like the 
I, at the moment I, I'm, um, I've been planting some plants yeah. <laughs> growing some plants you know and 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 I've got eight eight I think eight or nine right different plants um some are herbs of course and um I planted them all at the same time in the same box in this give the same amount of water same soil and it, it's just interesting to see um like the sunflower one that's already coming up like that's just shot up I'm thinking oh my god like you know that's in the lead Right. The other ones are, are nowhere to be seen yet. I've got one or two popping through the. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. It's really about the environment, isn't it? And they're all going to go at different paces, just like with learning, I, I assume. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And everybody needs something slightly different. Different, yeah. To get to where they are, even if you planted two seeds that are exactly the same, exactly the same time, exactly the same conditions, that's true. still going to be one that's going to be ahead of the other. Um. So yeah, I think it. I think it really is about that, and especially now that children and young people have gone back into kind of a school setting after being off for so long um you know they might not be used to it there's a lot of changes um seeing all their friends again um getting back into a routine there's a lot of things that have changed dramatically in that in a child and young person's life um but whereas previously kind of school was that stable environment and it's becoming back to that it's kind of done a loop so it's coming back to school being kind of where they spend most of the time in the day um and kind of making those connections again in terms of friendships and relationships with teachers and staff members. Yeah, I, I, I think it's almost like, you know, connecting, reconnecting. Um, it's such an awkward time for young people because I think about, you know, the, the time off, I was off um, of other things, you know, during school coming back into school, coming back into the education thing, it took a long time to even grasp stuff, you know, um, noise levels, all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's not just, you know, just about books. It's, yeah. it's actually the whole environment, isn't it? Like, you know, your yeah. brain has to get used to it again. Yeah, and actually it'll still be different because children are in like, some schools are in bubbles, mm. you know, to help them if there is a if there is a COVID outbreak, then, then that class is off or just that bubble's off. And, and that's very different as well. You think you're going back into school, but school isn't how you remember it as well. Again, it's changed. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think it's quite a hard time for children and young people. And that obviously that most of them are really happy to be back. And, um, and, but it's just about that kind of a, adjusting period and transition period. And um, something interesting you said, like, you know, um, earlier, you said about saying no. Um, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. I don't know if you've, yeah. you've found that you found that because I think you're right. You want to get involved in everything. You, there's so many exciting projects. You want to get a rich uh, learning experience. Um, you are generally interested in helping others, but and people come to you. Um, and I think when you're in this in this thing, they just see you as, as a resource. I think yeah, you, yeah, they probably just think that you you know you, um, I want to help you, etc. But why is it important to say no? Actually, first of all, how how have you managed that, like that oh. awkwardness? Because it's not an easy thing to do. I know I, I've, I've struggled with it. I mean, it sounds, this sounds so silly, but it's easier to do on email. Mm -hmm. I always think it's easier to do on email. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I think it's just about not being scared to say no. And I think I, I am still a bit like mm, in the middle. Um, but I found doing it, if you can do it via email, I find that that's, that is kind of easier as well. Um, talking to your supervisor because obviously they're they're involved in kind of helping you to manage your time and make the most of your experience there and if you think you know just maybe say oh 
that's such a, an amazing opportunity. Thank you for emailing me. Just going to have to check that out with my supervisor. And you can discuss it in supervision. You know, you can say, so-and-so has come with this. Um, and you can kind of have a bit more of a discussion about it, can't you? You can reflect on, okay, what am I going to gain from it? What am I going to learn from it? What Have I done anything like this before? What's this going to add to my experience? And I think that that's, and then it's completely fine. I would feel better able to go back then and say, oh, you know, I've had a conversation with my supervisor. I don't think it's the right time for me to be involved in that. And, do you know, a lot of the time it is absolutely fine. I don't think there's ever been a case where it's not fine. Um, but it is something that, it is something I still struggle with and I, and I struggled with it in previous jobs because, you want to do you want to be helpful like you said previously like we want to help people um and you want the best experience possible um but i think it's about kind of just recognizing that you're not you're not there for a long period of time on placement in second and third year i think it goes up to like three days a week and things like that and you've got more kind of like ownership over your own time then but i think in in first year of this training course obviously like you you drive it and you you pick things that you want to be involved in but also it's important to kind of be like what's important for my development right now what am I missing right now that will help me um at this point in my journey I think yeah I just think yeah no that's a really helpful answer I, I, I think you're right about the email um I think yeah communicating um what's the word um directly and it just it gets them you know the key message out you know yes or no and then yeah your decision making process isn't it um, yeah. how you how you come to that decision bringing in and that's basically saying you're consulting and that's what we do i suppose as psychologists we we um, talk to others to make a decision we're making an informed decision an informed choice if you like yeah. um based on x y x y and z and just touching on something that you said earlier as well about why is it important um mm. I think it's so important for your own mental health, um, mm. just in terms of kind of your experience as well, making sure that you don't feel completely overwhelmed in what is supposed to be a really nice training course where, you know, you're kind of like, um, they always say um, where I'm on the doctorate, they always say about driving your own doctorate. And I think you are obviously in the driving seat um, and you get out what you put in. So there is that pressure to put in so much. But I think as well, it's about recognising that, you know, sometimes you do need a bit of downtime or, you know, writing up your work is just as important as going out and visiting loads of schools. There's, it's just about making sure that there's a balance, um, but making sure that obviously like you're coping with that as well in terms of workload. Yeah, no comment. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, what's the word? Yeah, 100%. I just, I'm, I'm really interested to hear that answer like around, um, the well-being, um, because you know we're trying to we're trying to set a standard. We're trying to set a, you know because we're we're asking people to looking after their own well-being and how to you know um, uh, how to um, model themselves you know as they as they grow into adults, right? So if we're not good people or practice, um, then how do they follow? How do we you know? I think there could be conflict, but what I'm saying is, and you know, the implications, if we don't look after sort of like our workload, um, what do we, what does it say about as a profession in psychology? You know, um, yeah. we're supposed to be human, human based, you know, we, we care about the human being, hence why we study it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's in, it's in yeah. a lot of the, um, it's in a lot of the practice documents in terms yeah. of kind of like standards and competencies, like 
the Health and Care Profession Council and the British Psychological Society, they all have kind of like standards and competencies that you have to meet in order to be kind of like a registered educational psychologist and you follow them on the course and um, and yeah, it just always talks about fitness to practice and, and also about, you know, kind of knowing knowing your limit or knowing when to seek help and further support. And I think I think it's just always really important to kind of hold them in mind as well, because it's about that kind of in, intent versus impact. And you might have really good intentions of, yep. yeah, I'm going to see these eight kids today, but is that realistic? And is that, what's the what kind of impact do you have do you have the right impact by seeing that many you're overwhelmed and you might spend less time writing the writing up kind of like I don't know actions or um you know working collaboratively with teachers and parents you might have less time to do that and is that really gonna have a positive impact for the child so whether your intentions are good of I'm seeing more children it might be the case that actually your the impact is is negative for those children I don't it, obviously I know it won't be kind of really negative but you might not potentially get the kind of um next steps in place for the teachers that that are going to make the real difference um so yeah it is it is definitely about that um I think personally no you, you, I think you're right I think you know we're going we're, we're striving for like you know high psychological functioning this is what we're all trying to get to right because the more we function psychologically and more effectively and and we start to develop our you know ourselves and develop society um so methodologies strategies all this stuff that we're doing we should be you know we should be implementing good good evidence practice and i think you know these professionals um bodies they've put that in for a reason i think because they i think they know like what's happened in their life like they know why is it coming out you know in guideline in, in guidance because i think that piece of information or guidance has been done on the basis of some evidence work you know why is it coming through because they know so they know what this is like hence yeah. why we follow i mean is it like we all follow the british psychological society, society ethics of code of conduct yeah. Yeah. like why is it there it must be because yeah because it's an issue and we have to be reminded of the issue and have good practice and I think anyone as well who's kind of striving for a career in psychology should definitely read both the ethics and and the guideline documents that they have on the BPS and then also the Health and Care Professional Council because um, educational psychologists like a protected title and you have to register with the HCPC every year and I just think um, it's really key to kind of know them and hold them in mind. I mean, I, I looked at them when I was an assistant psychologist and it it kind of really helped me to kind of understand what the role of an educational psychologist is, what you're expected to do. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that is a top tip to definitely read them and kind of understand that that the profession is guided by them because it because it definitely is. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and we should say this 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 podcast is not sponsored by the British Psychological Society. Definitely not. Purely, purely independent. You know? yeah. And uh, but no, hundred percent. Like you know, in terms of like um, being a professional, um, in, you you need to be able to look after yourself because this is a marathon, not a race. Um, you, you're in it for you know how do you get sustainable um, effectiveness and just basically your own peace of mind, isn't it? In that sense. You know, you don't want to run a hundred miles and burn yourself out in the first couple of weeks, and that's it. That's the end of your, uh, what's the word? You know, um, doctorate, or whatever. Yeah. 
Lost by yourself for three years. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you know, and 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 longer, isn't it? Like you know, the whole thing, like embedding information, um, how you understand stuff. So, this program then is people are now applying for. Well, um, tell it, tell it, tell me what's happening at the moment in the education psychology world. Yeah, so I think in terms of applications, I think obviously they they opened. I think in September, October time last year, and then. Um, I think in the next few weeks, obviously, everybody's kind of getting the results if they've had an interview and um, and it's quite a stressful. I remember the time very well. So, um, the, dead, so the deadline, they would have been September last year. It was December time. Yes, yeah, so opened around. Uh, yeah. And then kind of people have been doing interviews since kind of back end of January for these. OK, so um, September to December is like the application process open to make yeah. an application. Yeah. So you can submit stuff. And yeah. then you're saying in January, they find out they go on interview. Yeah, most of them are kind of January, January, February time. And then obviously it's gone. It's gone now for um to kind of the back end of April is when the results come out. Do they all get uh, interviews? Uh, no, not okay. everyone gets interviews. Um, so oh. you apply for, you can apply for three um, in England and then you can apply for kind of Wales and Ireland separately. Um, but the funding's slightly different. Um. And then obviously you might get interviews for all three. You might, if you're really lucky, um, you might get interviews for two. You might get one. You might not get any. Um, but the um, yeah, but the results of kind of who's got on come out in a few weeks. Um, oh my God, I know. So I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine how people are feeling, and it's even later this year because of kind of the COVID, COVID situation. Yeah, and yeah. mm. um, the results have kind of been been put. Moved, everything was moved back. Um, to kind of give people, and I do think it was fair to give people time to kind of gain a bit more experience. Um, so yeah. So is that in, that's coming up, and and I suppose like what what um, what are they looking for in the in the in the um, interview? Like, um, yeah. what do they what do they what I mean? What do you do in an interview? Do you just show, tell them all about your experience? How long does the interview last? Yeah, so I mean, every every uni varies, um, and obviously with COVID, it's been slightly different because most of the, well, I think actually all of them have been online. Um, but kind of average things that you could be asked to do in an interview would be kind of a written task, a group task, um, and a kind of individual interview. Some places do a panel interview. Some places don't do a written task. Some places don't do a group task. Um, but they will obviously. They do tell you prior to prior to the interview kind of process um, what's expected from each evening. Um, some some are kind of like whole day things where you go for you literally are there all day. Obviously, this year with COVID, it's probably been online all day. Um, but there's other other unis. Um, so, for example, Cardiff do. Um, do kind of a half a day and then they do a full day if you're invited back so that's like two days um so yeah it's quite it's quite a stressful and daunting process yeah, yeah, um, yeah. if you haven't been through it before as well and um and obviously if you don't know anyone in the educational psychology field to kind of bounce ideas off it's quite hard to know where to start um and kind of what what might be kind of asked or what might be expected of you um obviously there are definitely kind of um, opportunities to talk about your experience um, and kind of ways in which you link psychology to your practice um, currently in whatever job that you're doing um, so yeah I think I think they are kind of like a good place to start obviously and I presume they get they find out 
through email whether they've they've had um, been successful or not um, what should they be thinking right now like okay you're an applicant you've had your interview yeah you're getting on into is what should they be doing right now these these type of people should they be thinking about it or actually just not worrying about it at all thinking about you know <laughs> what would you, what would you say like what's the best thing to do because it's going it, to make people feel anxious isn't it like I would yeah. feel anxious like oh my god like you know I've, yeah. done everything. I've got here I got to this stage you know and then boom okay this is the final yeah decision day yeah I think it's very dependent on kind of personality types if it helps you to think about it then definitely I think when I came out I like wrote down all the questions and not everything mm. that I'd answered everything what I'd answered and kind of like already had brainstormed kind of like reflections for next year in terms of how could I develop that answer further and kind of spoken about it in supervision and kind of peer supervision with my friends that were applying at the time and thought about kind of next steps moving forward um but right now I wouldn't I wouldn't stress about it you can't change anything um but for me I'm quite a realist in terms of okay so if that doesn't happen what's my what am I doing for that next year while I'm waiting to apply or how am I how can I kind of improve my psychological knowledge for next year what's going to make me a better applicant for next year Um, and I think that's what you know for example like if people applied this year and and didn't get any interviews you should be doing exactly the same things Um, you know thinking about kind of what experience can I get now that's going to make me stand out for next year Um, how can I move forward um, so yeah, I mean, some people don't think about it till after, after kind of results come out. But obviously, it's just nice to have that bit of security and a backup. And um, as much as you don't want to use the backup, it is it is worth it because obviously it is highly competitive and they can't pick everyone. Um, but just something that they said to me, um, I think it was at Nottingham. They said like, you know, we've picked you for an interview. You you can all do the course, but we just don't have that many funded places. Um, so if you kind of go with that mindset, I think it is it is really, really amazing to have kind of got an interview and having that experience is only going to make you better for next year and kind mm. of um, can help you become a bit kind of calmer and compose yourself a bit more for the interviews, I think. Because um, I know, for example, like my first one, that was horrible and really stressful. And then when it came to like the second, third one, I felt a lot better in myself and um, could relax a lot more into kind of you kind of just cramming everything in your head aren't you you're just revising like crazy and actually it's not necessarily about about your knowledge it's about kind of the person that you are because they know that they're going to teach you the knowledge on the course if that makes sense and they want to see how you reflect and how you where you currently are I think yeah no I, I, I think that's really helpful I think people listening in I think you know you're an example of someone who's gone through the process and you know hasn't got the news that they wanted and but still kept pursuing kept you know, being using utilizing experience because you know, um, learning from the whole um, exposure to being interviewed and going through the process of filling the application form, you're building internal resilience, all these little things, which then enable you to basically to be in a good position when you are when the time is ready to say, actually, no, I've got all these skills, I've built it up X, Y, and Z, and my interview that I did X, Y, and Z on 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 the third interview is not my best interview my best interview wasn't the first interview and I did all that prep but it yeah. took me you know a few yeah, added pieces time of- to relax yeah <laughs> yeah and I think I mean I mean I was I was just very very lucky to get on the first time that I applied but 
it doesn't it doesn't happen for everybody and and it doesn't mean that you're kind of like going to be any less of a psychologist than someone else that got on first time just about where you are in in your own personal journey and I think um it's really important like not to give up and you know there are other factors you know in terms of it's three years there is you know it is funded but can you can you live off that wage and where can you relocate to because there's not a lot of universities that obviously run run the doctoral program um i think there are a lot of factors but kind of if it's something that you really do really do want to pursue i just just really don't give up and um and obviously like they can have a conversation with me anyone can message me on instagram and or drop me an email um you know if they if they need any help and kind of this is my experience and where do where do i go from here in, in your expert no, um yeah if anyone listening in i'll put the details in and uh, listen to the podcast if it's in youtube you'll see it in the description below and also wherever you get your podcast from i'll put it in a link onto um the podcast um information bit um i don't I, you, you you might not be able to answer this question but i don't know if you got some idea but um what kind of things are they looking for in the in, to make a decision to to choose someone do you think select someone like what are they looking for um or how I are they mean, making that decision i mean obviously i don't know because i've never been on a selection panel but mm. i think um i think a lot of it is about kind of personality um and also kind of there is an element of your psychological knowledge um but i think it's more about how you reflect and how you how you reflect on your experiences, how they've kind of led you to the practitioner that you are today and where you want to go from there, I think is really important. Um, and also I think about if you kind of hold in mind what you think the role of an EP is um, and kind of the skills that an EP would use, I feel like they're things that you should utilize in your, um, in your interviews. Like for example, kind of, um, I don't know, like active listening, obviously you're going to demonstrate active listening because you're going to be listening to the questions. Um, but, you know, sometimes feeling comfortable to say, you know, oh, can you repeat that, please? Just or did I hear that correctly? And kind of using kind of paraphrasing back is, is things that EPs use in consultation. Um, and I, I just think, yeah, I think it's having a really clear picture of the role of an educational psychologist and kind of showing that you're on the journey to working out what kind of educational psychologist you want to be um, and kind of values um, that you hold kind of close in terms of your personal values, but also your professional values um, and being also to able to separate yourself from the role, if that makes sense, like understanding that you are a, you are a person, you are you are a person in a role. So you are in the role of an educational psychologist or you're in the role of trainee. Um, but what kind of personal aspects do you bring to that role and what and how do they impact kind of consciously and subconsciously are they are they being kind of beneficial or is that hindering kind of the work that you're doing with children and young people um, but just as long as you reflect on on everything that you say and everything that you do you're showing that you're considering you're considering and you're thinking in terms of kind of educational psychology kind of reflective practitioner kind of stances um, and that that is really things that I, I, I feel that they look for yeah I'm, I'm, I'm you know just thinking about like the um how people make the decision is so like I think you're right about personalities um and what you what what an EP should look like in your head I think it helps you kind of like communicate yourself to that person who's interviewing you or 
communicating with you, isn't it? It's like, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I've learned that over the years that, um, you know, if you want to work with me, then this is who I am, you know, and this is what I believe in. So values and stuff. Yeah. Um, this is my experience. This is what I can do. And we need to be, we need to, it's like um, any relationship. We need to be a good, um, a good fit. Yeah. Isn't it? For free yeah. to connect. Um, and, and that your peace or your connection will be, there's somewhere in the universe, somewhere in that sense that fits within your peace. So you, I've always believed in being a good match, wherever you are, organizations, people, situations. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's why um, I was obviously very lucky to not have, you know, some of the factors that we spoke about earlier in terms of kind of um, money, location, everything like that. I've been quite lucky in terms of I could have I could have applied almost anywhere um, and and kind of moved and had the opportunity to relocate. And but some people kind of aren't, mm. aren't that lucky, but I would mm. really recommend looking at looking at ones that are looking at universities that are kind of like close to you but also kind of share your values um and you can tell by kind of if you search on the course things that they teach you just the way that they even the way that they talk on the interview day you know kind of like their welcoming speech you can you can tell if it's a place that you really want to be um and I think that also kind of attending um open evenings gives you a real insight into the university what they're about um and kind of how they're how they're going to teach you and how they're going to how you're going to learn and I think you can tell if you'd be a match for that kind of organization and I think that that's it's something to really consider if you're not bound by kind of other other constraints because and if you are do not worry because you come out with the same qualification at the end um and you're going to be an educational psychologist at the end but I think if it can kind of really really help you and and allows you to get the most out of the course if you go somewhere that that shares your values and kind of wishes and dreams and hopes and everything like that you know I, i'm yeah I, 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 yeah absolutely right and i think it's important not to lose yourself through the process like you are who you are don't abandon yourself like you know that's the reason why you're here whatever you're doing you know you're you're here because of your character your drive your vision your goals your values your principles all these things so i think it's important when you get to a place or an application not to forget any of that stuff like yeah, excuse me this is who i am and i think we can work together but yeah it's about like um can we do this yeah can you work with me in that sense and we can do this thing together and we can do something really amazing um so you said something around which is the last part of the podcast which is you know life after you know if things don't go according to 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 what you wanted and it yeah. happens it does happen of course it's a natural part of the progress i mean the times i've been into situations with people jobs opportunities projects um, i get more no's than i get yeses um what to do when they say no on the email so you get that dreaded email to say what what should people be thinking like these are potential um educational psychologists in training yeah, I think, well, I think first, if you kind of get the answer that that you don't want, I do think it's about self-care first and kind of allowing yourself time to kind of process that, um, you know, make sure that either way you have a bit of like a relaxing evening and you just take a bit of time out and, and don't be too hard on yourself. Um, I think 
it's fine to kind of feel disappointed. It'd be natural if you didn't um, and kind of upset at the start. Um, but I think it is about leaning on your support systems to start with, you know, your friends and family and just, you know, express that you do feel, you do feel really disappointed in it. It's completely fine. Um, mm. If there's an opportunity to ask for feedback from the universities, then I would really recommend it. Um, I know that quite, like, quite a few of my friends have found that really helpful. Um, so just kind of, you know, if you've got to that email stage, you can ask, you can say, is it possible to have um, X, Y, Z? And um, and they, they will provide you with some feedback and kind of where you can move forward next time. Um, and I think as well, um, in terms of kind of practically what can you do? Mm. I think there's, there's loads of things out there. There's podcasts you can listen to. Um, there is um, kind of websites. If you just Google educational psychology, I'm sure loads come up, but like, for example, South End, Ed uh, South End Educational Psychology Service throughout the whole of lockdown have been doing um, YouTube videos. So like thinking about potentially watching them, seeing where your interests are. Um, obviously when people find out the results um, of the doctorate, they'll be handing in their notice at their assistant educational psychologist jobs. Um, so I think the adverts for them will come out kind of shortly after because they'll know how many people are staying, how many people are going. Um, so if, you, if you're not currently an assistant um, and you think that you want that experience, then um, that, that's a kind of option for you. Um, it's all about thinking about again where are your gaps and what what do you want more kind of experience in obviously because educational psychology is for supporting children young people from zero to 25 you know do you have a really massive gap working kind of post 16 in that secondary education is that something that you could fill in the year um thinking about kind of cpd opportunities if there's any if there's any kind of where you currently work or if there's somewhere that you want to that you want to move, is there anything that you can fund yourself, or is there anything that's free within the local authority, or um, you know, like future learn, always have courses, don't they? and and things like that. I think would be would be really beneficial for people, and just not give up. And I think it, it is a very daunting process, but um, there's always people you can reach out to to talk to because I know everybody in educational psychology is really helpful, um, and we'll be happy to help in terms of kind of future applications and next steps and um and what to do next you know there you go like you know life doesn't end there um and i, I think first of all i was gonna say um first of all you know be grateful and that they've got back to you you know listen <laughs> yeah. there's some, some some organizations out there um don't even get back to you after you put all the effort and so at least recognize that actually at least it's not, you've got something back and Maybe also like, also, um, do you think they should um, value their the the experience they've had? Oh, I know it's well, I know, yeah. it's, I know it's a cliche sometimes, like, yeah. oh, but it didn't result anything, but and it can feel a bit like, what's the point? You know, like um, that's that feedback's not going to give me anything. You know, it doesn't do anything, in, and I think you do feel a bit in the short term. You feel a bit like, I don't know, not hard done by. Yeah. yeah, hard done by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, obviously, kind of if if you put it into kind of the broad perspective of there might be potentially I think for certain for some unis there's around 400 applicants wow that's a lot yeah if you're shortlisted to like for example I don't know exactly I can't remember exactly off the top of my head but you know if they if they shortlist an interview 50 you've already come so far from that it's and fantastic. then the that, yeah. you know and then the fact that you've got an interview and you've got that far yeah. and the fact that you've got an interview so you could do the course but there just isn't that many funded places 
that's something else. And I think the questions that they ask and the experience that you get by getting an interview really helps you for the next year. But I don't think that that, I don't think, you know, I don't want, I don't want people then to watch this who didn't get an interview and think, oh, well, I, I didn't get an interview. So I'm not good enough to do the course. Mm. It's just about, it's about how, how you write and your experience. And it might just be that that's not the right, it's not the right time. And there's more that you can, you can learn before the course. And I don't think, you know, there's such a broad range of ages, backgrounds, um, ethnicities on the course and cultures. I think don't kind of take it to heart if you don't get it straight away. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of examples of people on the course um, that, you know, that have done come to educational psychology later in life. And that's just kind of, you know, they've had a completely other career, separate career and, it's fine and there's no kind of like cut off date there's never like oh you've you've applied eight times now you can't apply again it's not like that um it's a continuous process and I think um yeah I just just definitely just keep going um and if you're ever unsure of kind of where to go next again feel free to ask me it's completely fine I'm happy to share my experience but as well there's no there's no right or wrong there's no, oh, if you do this exact pathway, you're going to get on. It, it's just not like that. Um, so, yeah, I just think don't give up hope. And especially as well, um, just a side note for people, if they, you know, if they get offers, but they're on the reserve list, the reserve list can move. So kind of it's not a don't, don't give up hope. I think um, some unis, there's more movement in the reserve list than other unis. But for example, if someone's got all three offers or two offers, they have to reject one at some point. So, you know, there, there's always that kind of opportunity as well. Um, so yeah, I just think, just try and, although, although I, completely, I completely get, you would feel really disheartened and upset, but there is kind of light at the end of the tunnel mm. and there's lots of opportunities out there um, and just see it as like a building block you know you're on to the next thing now but you might come back around to that block and um and yeah that's i'm sure i'm sure that's going to resonate with a lot of people and there seems to be this this thing around a rush to be you know for the sake of just i just i just want i just need to get on to the program that's it you know but I think there's other ways you can build, like, you know, you've drawn on, you can build your skills and experience, which are equally important, you know, um, working in schools, working in youth clubs, working in um, where there's um, educational psychology being used. It doesn't have to be down this road um, right now. If, it, if, it's, if it's not worked out, you can still be getting the equal amount of experience and stuff if you weren't on the program. Yeah, and definitely. then, isn't it? What do you think? What do yeah. you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. I think there's obviously like everybody's everybody's journey is different, but it's not it's not like you have to be an assistant. I feel like a lot of people do think that yeah, yeah. Be an assistant. An assistant does give you a great insight. And I I mean, I'm speaking from an assistant background. Um, but I think there are kind of other ways. And if you have a background in things that are slightly different, um, maybe like for example, like I know some some people have been involved in kind of like disability funding and things like that. Mm. That brings a completely different element to the practitioner that you are when you get on the course, and you'll have a different set of kind of expertise and skills than someone else. If that makes sense. Yeah, or upon your experience, really. Yeah, and enjoy your experience. Like you know, you're there to you're in this position of learning, and you know you want to help people. And the more you 
be you know um tenacious about it and you know be curious and yeah, you know definitely. passionate about what you're doing whatever you're doing um the the rest will follow you you know the rest of the energy will follow you because if you're genuinely committed in um helping people in uh whether it's education psychology any type of psychology that energy will you'll start to draw it in from all parts and so you know don't kind of like give up on that energy because it's it's what's yeah, making definitely. you yeah definitely and you know and as well for a kind of other interviews if you come across really disappointed they're going to pick up on that yeah. as opposed to, if you feel if you go in feeling really defeated yeah. they're definitely going to pick up on that because they're used to kind of seeing and reading people I think um yeah I just it's it's so hard like I completely get that it would feel almost like the end of the world and it would feel really really disheartening and disappointing but I just think it's you've got to kind of like switch your mindset into okay so this was this is experience um and, and we go again <laughs> we go again next year and we just keep keep going and um and you know when it's the right time for you it, it will happen and you know when you're on the course you're on it you're there you've got it you've made it um obviously it's a lot of hard work when you're on the course to follow um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. But I just think, yeah, I, I think educational psychology, you're always learning. So even after you're qualified, you know, there's, there's always something new to read. There's always something new to learn, to train in, to do. Um, there's new, you know, every it's constantly evolving. And I think your learning can still carry on, even if you're not on the course. So, you know, you might learn about something that I don't have a clue about. Someone, there's there's bound to be people out there that have applied for the course that know something that I don't. Um, in terms of educational psychology and I think that um, it's just kind of knowing that when you're in I think when you're in any kind of field in psychology it's you're constantly learning um, and you're constantly learning new things and um, so I, I don't think it's any different if you're on the course or when or if you're not um, I think that there's always more to learn which is kind of you know then time is the enemy because you want you, there's just no time to kind of do it when you're on the course so I think kind of utilize the most of your the most of your time now that you can and um, because when you're on the course it's quite it's quite yeah. focused isn't it? it's quite yeah. focused on kind of what you're covering at that moment in time and you will do reading around it um but the time for kind of your personal interest reading and things does kind of diminish so I think um I think if you can do that now um you set yourself up really well I mean you've already said so, so much anyway I mean the, these it's a life-saving, obviously, like sometimes, you know, and, and stimulating, motivating at the same time. I just think about it, like when I graduated from psychology, um, yeah, just didn't have any of this stuff, this perspective. And it, yeah, it is disappointing when you go through, because I know a lot of people who are going through the process um, and it, it can be disheartening, but yeah, I, I, I definitely your message around it's 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 a very rewarding experience you know and it's all about seeing it that way perceiving it that way and i like what you said about your potential interviewers they will pick up on how you react to because psychology whether it's mental health whether it's um forensic stuff whether it's educational you come across situations where you're going to be naturally disappointed because of your nature you're a good person you want nice outcomes but it doesn't work like that so how you react to it is also part of the interview process. It doesn't mean that you mask something and you say, it doesn't know what's going on. You're, they'll pick up on your natural energy, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think yeah, that yeah. They, um, 
you know, some interviews, you might have the same interview for a, a few years in a row. Like, they might remember you. That'd be, that'd be awkward. Yeah. Well, they Hello might, they might yeah. remember you. That's so, it. I yeah, didn't do a Christmas think, card list, yeah. Yeah. And they want, they want to know how you've developed from the last time that they've seen you. And, you know, they might, and, you know, especially like I know some of my friends that that really did happen for them. You know, they said, go away. This is what you need to work on. They've come back and they've got on the following year. I think it's just it's it's just about kind of it's having that almost like professionalism isn't it mm, yeah. and I think yeah. um but as well recognizing that it is it is a, everybody's on a journey and it might be really hard for you at that moment in time to kind of switch to that positive mindset that might not happen overnight it might take a few weeks or months to kind of accept accept kind of the decisions that the universities have made about you and kind of start planning your next steps and moving forward but I think if educational psychology is something that you really want to do and you want to apply for the next year it's really really important to kind of identify how you're going to progress and what what new what new thing are you going to bring to the table the following year if that makes sense and how are you going to show that you've you've developed yes I think that's really because people are really helpful in terms of like how do you deal with that information of, of the news you didn't get in it does take time to get used to it might take a few days a week um and you've already got the application you've already written it so it's you know you've already done the hard work so just basically like um it's just build on it in that sense it's not it's not all lost isn't it <laughs> yeah i mean some people do start completely afresh but you can you know you can you can tailor it but the yeah. most important thing is to show how show how you develop yeah so how what what what's different this year um but yeah and i and again just going back to those numbers there's so many people that apply so i think it is really about not being too hard on yourself yeah. And, yeah. and kind of putting it into the the a bigger perspective and thinking about you know if you didn't get an interview think about how many people how many applications they have to read and how and they have to narrow it down to that that mini little section I think is really hard and then it's like even minier for interviews you know so I think yeah I think just just kind of holding in mind that just don't be too hard on yourself can't say it enough but I know that people will be when they kind yeah. of receive it and I I would feel exactly the same if, if I was in that situation as well yeah I I, I have you know I think I sometimes you you, you self-sabotage isn't it yeah. I'm not good enough or you know um, they don't like me. Defense mechanisms coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and um, there is, is you go through those emotions, um, and you know, just just pay attention to those emotions and say, okay, so, yeah, you're right. Absolutely, it's nothing to do with me. There's factors outside your control, um, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and what you can do is how you react, isn't it? I mean, that's what we're taught, isn't it? And yeah. but you know, um, but don't 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 try to suppress the um you know the 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 emotions talk about them um process them in a different way by listening to those podcasts um reading on blogs yeah um, watching other people's journey and i think that's the reason why i started this we'll go back to why i started this podcast is you know it's it, it's a very um long long road in in, in the field of psychology i i'm still trying to understand it uh, you know and by talking to others like yourself um, helps me process my own journey so I think you know we're on that sort of path to understanding ourselves and who we are and what's our goal in life you know <laughs> why yeah. do we do what we do what's the point of us um, pursuing our goals and I think it's not a a, a journey to be rushed 
No, and I think it it can be quite isolating in terms of you if you're the only friend that you know in the friendship group or if you're if you're the only person that is trying to get on a doctorate and people kind of outsiders might not understand the process and think oh why didn't you get you know why didn't you get an interview I don't understand it and you know I mean I think my mum was calling it my mum was calling Mm. it PhD for about a year and I was like mum it's a doctorate it's different (laughs) and it's like just little things and I remember getting really frustrated with it because she just didn't understand the process and it and it it can be really hard and I think um as well like by talking to kind of people in psychology or or just kind of like leaning on a friend that that will actively listen I think um you can talk about the process a bit more and they'll they'll kind of understand what you're going through um even when you're on the course like sometimes it's really hard to kind of articulate to other people the workload and they don't kind of understand the pressure that you're feeling um and I think yeah I think it's all about kind of looking after yourself and making sure that you have got kind of support mechanisms in place but also like like you said communicating networking with people um like like me and you were doing today um having a chat it's really helpful um it's really helpful to talk to people similar people going through similar things in the field um it can be it can be really helpful as well so I mean if anybody does want to chat about kind of even if they've got a no and they just think oh what do I do or I'm feeling really really disappointed about this um I'm not a mental health professional but um I'm more than happy to kind of kind of go through next steps or if you did get on um and you have spoken to me in the past please let me know because I'd love to know I'd love to hear about um everybody's journey really yeah I was gonna say like how did they get in contact with you now what's yeah. the best what's the best best how's the best way, way um, to do it so my Instagram is site so p-s-y-i-g-h-t um so you can message me on there um or comment on any of my posts um and I am going to set up um a site email address so I will I'll send that I'll send that through and then it can be linked on the YouTube and um, on Spotify as well. So you can drop me an email or you can direct message me on Instagram because I know a few people don't have Instagram or they can ask, they can, they can ask you. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, no, um, of course um, I, I normally, what I do, I signpost to a lot of, um, to the person who's in the field, but yeah, of course they can feel, feel too contact and um definitely give, give my two pence <laughs> but yeah yeah um so the micro micro microphone's over to you what would you say um to these uh, potential um, candidates who are waiting um any words of encouragement and then once you stop talking i will stop recording so it's over to you i think just just to say best of luck and kind of i'm thinking of you all and it's it is a stressful process and um, I kind of recognise and remember remember going through that myself. But um, yeah, just best of luck for the next the next few weeks in the anxious way ahead. Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do.